Hi guys, my name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Yup, it is uh, still January. <laughs> We're on like the 54th week of January, but just hang in there. Okay, wait first. <sighs> I have a jacket on that's just making all sorts of noise. Drip for who? And they can't see you. Anyway, it's gone. I'm going to freeze throughout all this, but I'm going to be freezing for you. But back to January. This is the first January in 10 years that I am self-employed. And I have to say, it's the smoothest January ever. So I do feel like when you're self-employed, at least for me, I'm much more aware of the fact that January can come and I don't get any gigs or jobs or business so what that meant for me is that august september october november december i was being very careful with my money and i was working and so luckily enough got enough gigs i think from november into december if i'm not wrong and the thought behind that was that if i don't get any gigs between january and march i should still be okay and yeah it's just a fear that you're very aware of when you're self-employed. And so what that has translated in is that my January is kind of smooth because I was super prepared for it. Not to say that I'm bowling out of control, so don't be asking me for money. But uh, I, I am much more prepared than I was when I was employed. Maybe I think because when I was employed, especially for the first couple of years, in the entire 10-year duration. I think I was making strange financial decisions. Yes, I was young. So yeah, it's the time to make those strange decisions. But also I was a slave to the paycheck. And what that means is like, you are so addicted to this paycheck or it has such a huge handle over your life that if it's not there, your life changes overnight, right? So if the company folds or, you know, for some reason your salary comes in late. For those couple of days that it hasn't checked in, your life completely changes. So that's one thing that I'm kind of, weirdly, it's paradoxical really because it's a huge fear, but it's it's one thing that I'm really liking about self-employment because you're so scared <laughs> of being caught flat-footed um, financially that you really make better decisions with your money, you're forced to. But just hang in there if January is being really rough to you. Honestly, if you think about it, we have one more week to go. Yeah, just, you know, it's the last stretch. It's the last stretch. But yeah, speaking of weeks, I've had an interesting week. Um, it started off with a conversation with my friend who just called to check about me. Don't you just love such friends who like just call to be like, are you okay? <laughs> I love them. And, you know, she was telling me about, I don't know, we were just talking about January and how it's such a good time to research and start working on projects that you want to put out there for the year. It's a better time than December because there are less distractions and it's also a good time to make decisions about your life and about your career and about your business and about, you know, yourself. And that's really what this week was for me. I have for the recent past had a management team, but this week I kind of stepped back from that and just decided to work solo dolo. <laughs> 
And I think I'm in a space where I, um, yes, I have a foundation of all the work that I've done in the past 10 years, but I'm also being more intentional about the direction that I want to go. I have come from such a noisy space, like traditional media is noisy. There's so many people telling you what you need to sound like, what you need to be doing. It's so noisy. So I'm coming from that space. I wanted to just decrease the noise around me completely. I think I really am very clear about who I am and who I want to be. And I want to be able to, for the next couple of years, drive that alone. I want control. <laughs> um, yeah, the control freaking me is just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and also, why not? You know, why not? And I want to be able to hear my voice more and to really listen to myself and to be doing things intentionally because I want to do them. Me, me as Adele, I want to do this. And I've feel like, and I think I mentioned it in the last episode, that sometimes I, I remain in certain spaces or I, I, I keep people around me because I'm too scared to go about it alone or to do things by myself. Does that make sense? So for example, and it happens even like in relationships, right? You will stay in a relationship that maybe you're over or you're just like, eh, it's really tearing me down or it's not enriching my life but you'll stay there because you're just like I don't want to be single I don't want to be alone you know what I mean so I'd rather this which really is doing me no good but um so yeah I realized that I had been making those that I had been making decisions purely out of self-doubt and I, I I think that's problematic so since I'm in this phase of like overhauling my life I was just like yep Let's face this self-doubt head on. Um, one thing that I'm definitely scared of is rejection because I could take it personally. So rejection in the sense that I pitch something to a client and they say no, I feel like I will be in bed for three days straight thinking that I'm useless and um, I'm just a screw up. And you know, all of those like really mean things that we say to ourselves so I'm, I'm, I'm scared of how I'm going to be handling rejection. I think I did get a rejection this week, but it was more on the side of like my initiative. So I have a program. I've told you about it before and a couple of you donated towards it. Thank you so much, which is Safe247. It's a free 10-week group therapy program for survivors of rape. And what basically happened is um, I'm trying to make it a bit more sustainable. So, you know, with my partner, Carolina Fokibira, we're looking for donors and grants and things like that. And so I was um, in conversation with this company and, you know, they seemed like they were very interested, but I think they wanted a more hands-on experience. And for this particular project, my number one priority is to ensure the safety of the survivors. So there's certain spaces that only the survivors are allowed to be in because that's why the project exists. Anyway, so I think they wanted a more hands-on experience and they didn't actually say no, but I think I rounded off what they said to a no and I was just like, wow. I remember I was driving and I was just like, was that my first rejection as a solo dolo <laughs> individual? And asking myself like, wow, Adele, how do you feel about that? 
but I guess in that space with that project, I'm not alone because I do have a partner in Carolina for Kibera. But like, I think it'll be much harder when it's just me. So for example, yesterday I was working on this pitch for a, a company that had approached me and I have been overthinking this pitch for a couple of days. Yesterday, decided to get down and dirty and start working on it. So it's Saturday, I wake up in the morning, just doing my thing slowly, slowly. So I start working on the pitch at about 2 p.m. So my husband comes back from work, he works Saturday mornings, finds me working on it, he's like, cool. He leaves at 3 p.m., he's going to Marau's with his boys. He comes back at 9 p.m., I'm still working on this pitch, guys. I think I finished working on it at 11 p.m. And my thing is this, it's not that I'm a slow typer or anything. I was trying to put in 100% and give it my all so that if they reject me, I don't take it as personally because I can just be like, I actually did give it my all. So if they don't want this, then they're the problem, not me. (laughs) So yeah, pray for me for that particular one. But I got so caught up in that that I started feeling like pangs of anxiety that morphed into like panic. And I was just like questioning all the decisions that I've made. And so I chatted a friend about it and he sent me this message that I feel like if you're in that same space, you need to hear these words. So he was said, he he was said, he said, you have to stop the self-doubt. You have to get out of your head. Of course, there's a chance plans won't go the way you want, but that's literally how 95% of life goes. You can't let that stop you. Try, fail, and try again, but you have learned something and you wouldn't be forever stuck in your comfort zone. Yeah, so I had to admit like, okay, you have made sense there. <laughs> Let me stop panicking. Let me take deep breaths and, you know, try and calm this anxiety. And I just have to acknowledge that that's going to be part of life. No's are going to happen. And I just have to put on my big girl pants and take it and keep moving and learn from it. And you imagine this fear and this anxiety and this panic even made me forget that in the span of five days, I created a concept put it down in a proposal, pitched it to a particular company and they, uh, you know, accepted it. And so I sealed my first kind of gig. And instead of like focusing on that and being like, yay, go Adele, look what you did. (laughs) I was just like, oh man, oh man, they're just going to say no. I don't know why we do that sometimes. Like we don't, you know, I understand not wanting to focus on your wins because you're scared that it's going to make you grow a big head or feed your ego. But I think there's some energy from remembering your wins that can help you in your day-to-day journey. So I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to be like, Looking back over the years, looking at the things I created, the concepts that I put out there and just being like, wow, Adele, you did the damn thing, which means you can do even better. So focus on that, man. But I just want to put it out there. I am looking for a lawyer. No, I have not done any criminal activities. (laughs) So um, if you are a lawyer who doesn't mind helping out a clueless individual, Please DM me. My Insta is Adele Onyango. And yeah, let's see how we can work together, if at all. But on to 100 African stories this week. This is a very interesting one. This is definitely going to be a, a story or an episode that I send directly to my best friend Val. Because it's all about being celibate. 
not to say that she's celibate or anything, but I just feel like it's it's going to be one of those episodes that me and her are going to talk about. So our storyteller talks about being celibate in campus. Yeah, in university, which really got me thinking about my university life. Before I got into uni, I was dating this guy that I had met when I was doing my IB. So IB is like from five, from six. It's like A-levels. You know, it was like the perfect high school sweetheart situation until he cheated on me. But we dated for six years, <laughs> which, um, you know, was across the two years that I was in. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> it just hit me that like that relationship in another one kind of like overlapped. <laughs> Anywho. Do not judge. This is a judge-free zone. So we dated for like six years. So the two years that I was in. <laughs> okay, let me say we dated for five years. <laughs> in case he listens to this. We dated for five years. <laughs> the five years, I mean, the two years that I was in IB. And yeah, it was like high school sweetheart situation. And then I went into uni. We were not in the same university. In fact, he was not in uni in Kenya. He was in uni in the States. So it was a, it was a long distance situation where he ended up cheating on me. And then we were in limbo after that. I think we got back for a com- couple of months, but it just, you know, it didn't work. You know, we split up while I was in, in, in uni. And then what I realized was that I didn't want to be in university and have a serious relationship going on right I actually didn't date anyone first in my campus and I wasn't actively looking for like a relationship situation in fact I remember um going clubbing with my girlfriends kind of like hitting it off with this guy that I met in this club and I was just like First and foremost, like in hindsight, I'm just like Adele, that guy, he looks like the ones that if you hook up with, it's going to end in premium tears. Like he had cornrows, not to say like, the okay, actually, yes, to say that there's a certain look of guys that you know, this is just going to end in tears. Yeah, so he had like cornrows, (laughs) sagging his pants, oh my word. Um, It was that era of wearing oversized tees, what were they called? But they just called white tees. I don't know. But anyway, you know that era. And so he was that guy. And, you know, we 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 didn't have a thing thing, but we kind of like hit it off in the club. And I was just like, whew, in the morning, you know, after the alcohol is out of your system, I'm just like, whew, thank God I didn't continue making bad decisions, right, with that particular individual. Next week, I go onto campus. It was a Monday. I will never forget walking out of the library The first guy I meet is this guy from the club who I believed was not in my campus. And I'm just like, oh, God, now it's so awkward. (laughs) And then it turned out that semester we were in a class together. I was just like, oh, God. But anyway, my campus life, I really didn't date anyone in, in campus. I wasn't looking for like serious relationship. But I think in my final year, I did get into like a serious relationship, but again, not with somebody who was in campus because I was always told campus is like a space to get to know yourself better, have fun, wink, wink, (laughs) and not really be tied down to, this is going to sound wrong, but you know what I mean? Like not get tied down to like one person, you know? So it was so interesting that... 
I recorded today's storyteller or this episode's storyteller and she was very clear about looking for a husband in compass. A hundred African stories. There is no proper life that you live in university as a musician. If I constantly just walked around feeling sorry for myself, I'm never going to get anything done. Uh, there was a bit of frustration in between all of that. I've been breaking my back for this company. Therapy is not for the weak or for the crazy. Stories from Africa. Um, my name is Rebecca. I'm from Nairobi, Kenya. Um, I'm a third year, third semester journalism student. Um... When I was registering for USIU, I first I didn't want to do journalism. It wasn't even like plan A because when you are told to join a university or when you are told to do a career, you're always told have a plan B in case plan A doesn't work out. So when I joined, my first plan A was film acting, directing, because I'm into those things. Um, when I was applying, I saw that USAE was opening a film, a cinematics, creative arts school, but it wasn't when I was applying. So I just said, since journalism has such skills, I could just join and then maybe change my major after like the first year or something. But um, it opened like when I was in my third year. So I couldn't change my my major and when I was told you have to go through these processes I was like let me just finish and then afterwards I could probably do another degree. Day one um, during orientation I was with my parents and I just looked around and I was like wow these are a lot of people <laughs> and I didn't know anyone from this school mm-hmm. so I was like how am I going to go through this it's day one who am I going to talk to so you have that awkward situation where you're just on your phone mm-hmm. and you don't uh, make friends but then um, the second day is when your parents are not there so you're forced to talk to people next to you and I was sitting next to this girl and I just introduced myself and she's doing IB and I'm doing journalism and three years later we're still as close Mm. because we formed a relationship of course we exchanged numbers and then we go to gym together Mm. I was nervous and scared because I don't know I didn't know what I was going to get into I don't know if I was going to make friends in my Mm. first year I didn't know how college is like because you told college is the best experience you'll ever have but then I didn't know how to start that experience and I didn't know if I would continue on because it's school and I really never like school. When you're having conversations with people who are in university or your parents, they'll say, I met my my partner in crime or like my significant other in university. So of course you have that, I'm going to meet my husband in uni. So relationships and meeting guys mm-hmm. is, it's it's not something that you'd um, I don't know how I'm going to put this when you're thinking about your future and how you're going to have a family how you're going to have build this dream of having a family you think of um, your significant other mm-hmm. and that's what I battle with in school because meeting new guys because in uni you find out that guys don't really care about having a commit committed relationship so you're like um i like you but i don't know if you want this mm-hmm. and if you try to get to know them 
more than just being because there's also this thing called friends with benefits I want to get to know you more than just being friends with benefits. Friends with benefits is your friends, but then you do things that people who are in a relationship do. Like, um, sex. Yeah, sex. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I remember the first one that I met was in the same class. I think it was an English class and you were sitting right behind me mm-hmm. and I was like, well, this guy is <laughs> he's good looking, yeah. but um, I don't know what he's into. Mm-hmm. So you just start building that relationship of, um, hi, I like this, what do you like, what's your favorite color and everything. And then you exchange numbers and then you continue talking um, and then they bring this conversation of, well, the conversation changes, and it certainly now it goes sexual, and you continue talking like that, and then you just find yourself in the same room, um, and then one thing le- leads to another. And so, at the point where the conversation changed from being friendly to being sexual, it's 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 a duration of two weeks to three weeks, because it goes from texting now and then them replying two hours later to them replying maybe 15 minutes later and then one minute later and then because the conversation changes and suddenly they're interested in that sexual part of the conversation and then you agree on like meeting up maybe they'll say you want to go out for maybe lunch or drinks or something like that and you find yourself in their place and um, one thing leads to another, and then you end up having that. And then after that happens, the mood changes, and then they stop talking to you and all those things. So now you find yourself like, well, that's what I wanted is not what they wanted. So you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm, at least I've learned from that situation. But then you'll go through five more, and you're like... Oh, I thought I learned this <laughs> before, but it's not nothing yeah. changes. Yeah. Well, for me, around my my parents met the one day in high school. My dad used to go visit my my mom in high school, and they had visiting hours. And my mom would do the same thing, and then they went through campus together. And now they had me, and then two others, and now they're still together. So you want that? What you see? So, so that you can have it for yourself. Um, I was having this conversation actually in class the other day, and our lecturer told us that don't rush. Just know that there is always someone out there for you, even if you don't meet them today, if you don't meet them five years to come. Um, there is always some. I mean, there's seven billion people in this world, so <laughs> you're bound to meet them. Um, for me, there's pressure around from with. From my friends, um, most of them are in relationships. So in like the Insta stories, they'll be like with Bay or the WhatsApp status, they'll still post them. And I'm just like, <laughs> I wish I had this, but <laughs> I, I don't. And I would love to have this. Um, so you're, you feel like you're the odd one out um, because your friend, even when you're going out or maybe when you're going for lunch, 
they'll come with the significant other that they met when they joined university. I'm in my third year and I don't have anyone. Sometimes I usually think, do I just look like someone who you want to have sex with and then just leave? Or don't I look like the ideal woman that you want, the ideal lady that you want to have a family with? So it does get into your head sometimes. Right now, I've decided to just be celibate, <laughs> to focus on myself and my happiness. And just because as I grow up, I start to learn more about myself, things that I didn't know about myself when I was um, 18, 19. Because as you grow, you still develop some things, your mind changes, um, your, your emotions do change, you meet new people, and you start to learn how to interact with people, how to interact with yourself. It's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. It is, it's tough to be celibate because you, you interact with certain people and then you form certain relationships with different guys to trying to step away from that and trying to live without the whole sex thing and talking to guys just because you want a relationship. Why can't I just be friends with you and just be friends? Yeah. Um, when I tell my friends I'm being celibate, they're like, how do you live with that? Sometimes even think down there you have cobwebs. Let's say cobwebs. And I'm like, no. It's you just decide to because life is not just about sex. You have a career to build. You have friends you're meeting. You have your family. So there's a lot of things that you can do that don't involve any sexual pleasure. Yeah. Catch our next African stories in the next episode. All right. So first and foremost, if your friend comes up to you and says that they have decided to be celibate, please, please do not treat them like suddenly their vagina has cobwebs or whatever. No, like just be really supportive, especially if they're embarking on like a journey of like self-discovery knowing who they are and what they want from life and what they even would want from a significant other. Just be supportive, man. Come on. I just found it very interesting that campus could be viewed as a space where somebody meets their husband. Because I've never seen university. <laughs> okay, maybe it's like the headspace that I went into uni with, but I've never seen university as a space that I could have met a husband. I find it very interesting and sweet that, you know, based on her parents' love, which is a love that blossomed from high school into university, that she would want that. And of course, it, it's something that if you experience that love every day, every day of your life, actually, then you're like, oh man, I want that love story as well. And so I can understand the pressure on that front. I can understand the pressure of meeting up with your friends and they all have a someone and you don't. I can also understand the pressure from like a female perspective because, okay, yes, A, I'm female, but there is this pressure on, on women to have a partner, just have someone. It's better than being alone. You know, there's that whole pressure on women to not be alone. I do not know why. And it manifests in different spaces. You know, you'll always have that random auntie who's just like, hey, are there any developments? And you know, who's just putting pressure on you for nothing. And I think it's a bit unfair. I've really 
over the past couple of months been thinking about something like love, how, how fluid it is and how I'm not sure it can be seeked. I feel like love finds you. I've always said that <laughs> whenever I actively went out looking for love, I just found the worst of the worst. <laughs> got myself into some messy relationships but I think it just finds you I don't think it can be scripted or controlled it's just it's it's it can't really be defined you kind of just have to let it find you and let it let it just be which is weird and which is hard because I think part of being human is to try and control and make sense of things which is why we put labels on them and blah 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 but love is just one of those magical things that you you can't control and you can't force and you can't manufacture and you can't seek. It, it just kind of finds you. I was just damn sure that it's, you know, it was not hanging around compass. <laughs> it was not going to find me in compass. <laughs> but anyway, guys, do make sure you... Join the Legally Clueless tribe, which is on Instagram. It's at Legally Clueless Podcast. Um, shout out to everybody who is eagerly counting down to the day that we turn one year old officially, which is March 18th. If you are based in Nairobi, I'm giving you like over a month's notice. Please keep that evening of March 18th free. Mm -hmm. that's all I can say for now though <laughs> in fact I shouldn't have said it I, I feel like it's a bit too early for me to say but I'm pretty excited about it so just keep that evening free that's all I can say I'm really bad with secrets so before I give you any more details let me just end this episode here and that's it for this episode of Legally Clueless you can share this podcast with your friends you can keep it for yourself I'm not judging just make sure you're here next week for the next episode Thank you.